We just wrapped up with Danielle Martin, who is an athlete, a mom, a mental skills and mindset coach. And that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we were just, yeah. we were just saying she had a lot of energy, a lot of passion and a lot of intensity, which we love on this show. And, uh, definitely had some of the most fun warm up questions. We're not going to spoil anything, but just know yeah. that it was probably the funniest, uh, set of warm up questions we've ever had, um, with our guests. Oh, yeah. And, but beyond that though, it was just a really cool episode, um, getting her perspective on her, the mindset portion of sports and how she got to the place she is now. And, you know, just a lot of the different things mm-hmm. that she has going on and the things that she's passionate about. It was amazing. Amazing episode. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm all fired up. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of energy. Um, yeah, again, very passionate about what she does. Just, I mean, just brought up some really cool things for, um, just coaches to think about with how your athletes are psychologically dealing with situations and game situations, um, and all that stuff. So you guys will just have to listen to understand what I'm talking about, but it's, um, it's really interesting. It was really good. Really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah. So oh, yeah. uh, without further ado, here is yep. Danielle Martin. See ya. Peace. Now it is time. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine. Character Combine. Yeah, you're ready. Yeah, you're ready. When he goes beyond the scoreboard, the scoreboard. Coaches, coaches, I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear decades later and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life. Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto. And I'm Deb McCollum. And today's guest is an athlete, a mom, and a mental skills and mindset coach, Danielle Martin. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're so excited that we um, were able to get you on the show. And like we were just discussing just a couple minutes ago, we actually heard you on the Hyper Thrive Athletics podcast. And that was an amazing episode. We're like, oh, well, we have to get her on the podcast. And that was like immediately follow on Instagram and then try our yeah. best to get you on. So it took a little while for us to finally connect, but I'm glad we're, right. we're here talking to you. So thank you so much. No, thank you so much. I love your guys' title, The Character Combine. It just, it really already speaks that you have a high standard. So obviously I was very intrigued by that and thought that was so cool and have been following you guys back. So I think you guys do a great job and what you're profiling and what you're bringing to the table is really great. It's really positive. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. We definitely, we definitely appreciate, appreciate hearing things like that. So, yeah. um, before we get started with, with all the questions that we have for you and we have a ton for you, so I hope you're ready. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, we like to start our guests off with some warm up questions and we like to say, this is the okay. really hard hitting stuff. So, uh, you're a mental coach though, so you can handle this for sure, but I hope you're ready for these. <laughs> these are the ones that trip people up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Trip me up. All right, here all we right. go. Okay. I usually ask three questions. Um, the last question is a signature question, but we'll get there. We'll get there in a second. Um, (laughs) okay. So question number one, how would you describe 2020 in three words? Inspiring. Transitional. Transformational. Hey, I like it. That was really yeah. good. I like that a lot. I felt like you were like, if you guys could see her face just now, she looks beautiful. By the way. <laughs> you could see her face. She was like really concentrating. Like she was like, I'm not going to say an answer until I'm ready. Like she was so into it. I love that. That was good. I'm like intentional. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for, oh, for sure. sure. Yeah. I, that was cool. I feel like we saw the mindset coach at work right in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you guys, yeah, you guys are throwing me some curveballs. I got to lean in, you know, I can't yeah. back out of it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that, was that was awesome. Well, question number one down two to go. Okay. So this next one, it's a little more fun. Um, if you had an hour to talk with anyone and pick their brain about anything you wanted to, who would it be dead or alive? If you had an hour with them, that's good. That's a great question. Gosh, um, that's a tough one. I, wow, look at them all. Can we come back to that? No, um, <laughs> that, these are great questions. I actually really love it. This makes people think. Um, dead or alive? I would say, gosh, there's so many great people. 
Um, I would say <laughs> you're going to laugh. I would say Steve Irwin. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> Whoa. That's awesome. Nice. I, was not, I was not expecting that. Oh that was definitely God. a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's okay, awesome. Okay, so. So yeah, we have, have to, to know. know why. What it, what would you <laughs> I love I love animals. I want to know if he's serious. Like if like, <laughs> hey, this this alligator's a beaut. She's amazing. Like he really knows. <laughs> he really knows what they're thinking and saying. It's like, oh, look at her. She's thinking that she wants to write a college paper. Like he's just he's all over it. And it's just like cracks me up. I want to know if he's serious. I want to know like <laughs> What fascinates him about animals. I'm an animal person, so I love it, but I'd watch him and he'd absolutely fire me up. And he's one of the people that when they died, I was just like, what just happened? Like, that was shocking. Steve Irwin's like, he can't be gone. Like, that's not okay. So (laughs) I just want to say this and I, and I feel very confident in saying this. That was definitely the first time we've ever had a a Steve Irwin impression. And it will probably be the only time because I don't know if anybody was that old. (laughs) She's a beaut. <laughs> it's amazing. That's pretty good. And see the he problem was just is- so fired up. You know, he's like, yeah, oh, let's yeah. go. Checking out this crocodile. Look at her. She's <laughs> pregnant. I'm like, wow, how does he know it's a female? And how does he know she's pregnant? Like, that's pretty amazing. I'm literally not sitting a mile away saying she's pregnant. And she's, she's a beaut. She wants to come over here and talk to us. Let's get on it. Like... <laughs> That uh, accent is like impeccable. <laughs> I'm like, do we need to do the rest of the interview? This is perfect. We could have ended yeah, it right there. Can you talk like, talk like that the entire interview? Yeah, <laughs> yeah got it. I'll, I'll talk like this the whole time. That's right. <laughs> See, the problem is we're, this is only audio. So people who are listening are like, wait a minute. Oh. Do you really have Steve Irwin on the studio? <laughs> <laughs> She's a boot. Yeah, that's great. I just loved how that's fired amazing. up he is. It's like, I how do you... It create that intensity every single day, every single That's time true. you're on camera. It's badass. It's pretty impressive. And he wears sure. the same exact outfit and gets Yay. away with it every day. Right. Deb, we couldn't do that. Yeah. Not do that. They'd be like, wow, they're pigs. Right. Him, it's cool. <laughs> Him, it's cool. Him, it's so, professional, whatever. right? Yeah. yeah. Totally. He's like, he's got That's it amazing. all. Yeah. That's, that's good. That was good. All right. Well, that was very entertaining. That Absolutely. answer. <laughs> <laughs> For us. Oh. All right question so the last question um i ask every guest this um so it's a it's about music so um i love music so just let me briefly explain i i think that music you know has a story it speaks to you know your heart your soul um what would be i call it a life song so if you could pick a song that you just hear and you're like yup that's me that's just that emulates who i am or my life or maybe the season that i'm in right now or maybe in this moment that is my i call it a life song so what would your life song be so my life song is state of love and trust by pearl jam Mm. and um i also like (laughs) tupac and snoop song like gangster party i'm down with that too (laughs) i like that i feel like (laughs) So I between those that. two, yeah. That's that perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Look, yeah. she had that ready. Yeah. Yeah. She had it ready. She's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, she's a mindset coach. We can't, yeah. we can't, we can't fool her. She's ready for everything. Even yeah. Most impression. people don't get to hear these types of secrets. So, you know, Steve Irwin, <laughs> State of Love and Trust, or like, excuse me, what? What'd yeah. you say? <laughs> Did not see that coming. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That was awesome. Some of our Love best warm up questions ever, I think. So congratulations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll give you that, that fake trophy. You win yeah. nothing, but yeah, the imaginary yeah. trophy. I'll take no, that's it. right. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. We don't believe in the participation trophies, but you know, absolutely sure. not. Thank you. We're on the <laughs> same page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that's well earned for sure. Um, so, so you survived. Congrats. You survived. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Next obstacle course. Yeah, oh, this this stuff after that, this is super easy. So yeah, okay. we like to uh, we like to start off everybody with the same question. It's basically, you know, what's your athletic background, and you know, how did you get to the point you are now? Well, uh, I was I was in love with sports. I think I was born an athlete, um, and I hate saying um. By the way, so if I say it, just be like, hey, check me on that. I need to get better by that. Okay. Uh, look at them all. Uh, We're in the same boat. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're like, why did it say um so many times when I knew what I wanted to say? 
So I grew up playing little league and surfing. I started surfing at seven and immediately fell in love with the ocean and wanted to be a professional surfer. And I played little league in a league of about 400 boys and fell in love with that sport at a very young age. I think baseball is one of those sports that parallels life better than any sport. And you hear it from everybody who's never even played like, Oh, I had a home, I hit a home run today at work or whatever. You know, you hear people use um, that terminology. And I think just because it's one of the greatest games that parallels life uh, surfing is really where I think I found my confidence in the ocean and you you can't tap out in the ocean. You can't call time out. You are at the, you know, you're at the hands of mother nature and, and that element that is the strongest thing in the world. It's the most powerful thing in the world is water. So I grew up surfing, wanted to be a pro surfer. I played, I graduated high school with about 12 varsity letters. I played every uh, sport there was in high school and really leaned into sports as kind of my guidance. And it was everything to me. And when I graduated high school, I went professional in surfing right away and gathered some sponsors and was off to the races. And about at about 17, I surfing magazine hired me to do a swimsuit pullout. And I got the cover of the swimsuit edition and was basically modeling bikinis, but out in the ocean surfing, which was great. And that catapulted a modeling career um, immediately. And I started working on a sports television show. I think I was picking up trash on the beach in Laguna Beach. And people approached me and were like, hey, would you want to host our TV show? I was like, no, I'm going to Costa Rica to go do some studies on primates. I was kind of a total dork and nerd and really into biology and, you know, kingdom phylum, class orders, family, genus, and species of everything. So I was this closet nerd and dork and really just wanted to go study primates in Costa Rica. And I ended up showing up to a hard rock cafe and they handed me the microphone. And that is kind of the, when my hosting career was born and I work for Fox sports and, NBC, Discovery Channel, and then ended up getting into UCLA, kind of in a backdoor situation, an interesting situation. Had a lot of adversity along the way. I was homeless for a small time in high school and got work three jobs, put myself through high school, got out, and then ended up putting myself through UCLA and playing softball with the Lady Bruins, which was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And about, I'd say during college, I started competing in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then realized it was a little too much of um, <laughs> of a commitment to do that and play sports in college and go to school and try to compete with the academics there. So I backed off that a little bit until I graduated and was working in the entertainment industry and then started training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Until now, I have my black belt, competed in everything under the sun that involves that. And won, won a bunch, lost some. And so here I am. That's two kids amazing. later, <laughs> yeah. Man, I raised amazing. two boys. Yeah. My, my wow. sons are the greatest thing I've ever done. I have a 17 and a 13 year old and I raised them by myself and they're wow. incredible. They inspire me. They're my motivation. They are, you know, I've grown up with them. It's, it's been amazing. It's tremendous. Wow. That's really cool. That's I mean, awesome. it's just such so many things you did uh, in that time is amazing. I and I, if you wouldn't mind, yeah. I would love to hear, cause I, I heard the story on the athletic or the hyper thrive athletic podcast, but the story about you getting into UCLA is really cool. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, I think when I was in high school, I was, I got California state athlete of the year. And I think everybody just assumed that I was committed to a college or already going to a college. And I didn't really know how the system worked. And so I remember getting recruiting letters from Stanford, from, I, I remember UC Davis. I, I had so many recruiting letters in the office would give them to me because they didn't really know where I lived at the time. And I didn't have a place to live. So I remember throwing them in the trash and being really intimidated by the recruiting letters because I thought you had to pay to go there. And I thought, I'm not going to be able to do that. So I just threw them in the trash. And I remember saving the UCLA one because it was a little bare stationary. And so I put it in a little box and and put it away with my little, I had a little box of things. And so I was working on a sports show and Reebok was the sponsor of the sports show at the time. So they asked if I would come up and do the men's combine and it happened to be at UCLA. Well, my cameraman was a USC Trojan. So he's like, oh, we got to go over to school and get a, you know, like talking, talking smack a little bit. And I, of course, didn't know. I didn't, didn't really care. 
And so we go out, we do the football combine and Reebok called back and they said, listen, your host was great. We loved it. You did a great job. I was basically, the show I worked on was called Planet X and it was on Fox primetime sports, which then became Fox sports. And I would basically get called and I worked on this badass show. And let's say you're a pro BMX racer. And I'd go out and be like, Hey, I'm here with so-and-so and Hey, what are we doing? And he'd be like, well, we're going to drop in on this ramp. And I would actually do it. So no at way. the time, Gab, yeah, Gabrielle Reese had a show very similar and it was called um, next. What was it called? Oh, I'm going to get mad at myself for that. Maybe Deb, maybe you can Google it. It was one of Gabby Reese's first show. And um, it was kind of a similar sports show where she would go do it. And that's how she met Laird Hamilton. She went out to interview a big wave surfer and he took her out surfing and they fell in love. So I worked on a show very similar and Gabby is older than me and was kind of ahead of me at that time. And so I go out and do this combine with Reebok and they call me back and they, they call my producer and they said, Hey, can you have her come out and film, film the girls combine? So I get out there to UCLA and there's softball. It wasn't just football this time. It was, um, and, and everything I did was interactive. So the combine was this fantastic platform that they had and had just started where the top athletes in the country go out and the college coaches are there and the college coaches can see them but they can't really interact or talk to them, but they can actually get a chance to see them and athletes get a chance to profile their talent right in front of a coach. So it was this tremendous experience for an athlete that I did not have. And so I was just completely jealous. So I remember telling my cameraman in the car, like, can't believe they had that. I wish I had that. I would be in college somewhere. And I'd walked on at UH because I was surfing and I was in Hawaii and I just walked on at UH and made their softball team. And they were ranked nationally, but I just had bad experience with the coach and everything else. It's a longer story some other time, but I get called back for the lady Bruin. I mean the, the Bruin combine and they were profiling soccer, softball, basketball, and volleyball. And so I told my cameraman, I'm not covering softball. And I remember it was just mostly because I just was bitter about it. I was just kind of like, I don't want to be, I don't want it around me. I don't want it in my face. He's like, well, you have to, cause I don't know if you know the UCLA Bruins are like the number one team in the country. Like we can't show up there and interview other sports and not them. They have more national championships than any other team in the school. I said, well, it's not about UCLA. UCLA is a location. It's just a combine for all kinds of kids. He's all, it doesn't matter. We have to do it. So I'm like, well, darn, I didn't bring my softball stuff. And then my cameraman, Jeff was like, I have it in the car. I grabbed it out of your garage when I picked you up. So I go out and I interview um, Kelly in a way who happened to be the assistant coach at the time. And I said, okay, so here, basically I spoke to all the girls. I told them how lucky and blessed they were and just go for it. And if you have a 3.5, don't think you're going to get an automatic scholarship. Like you actually have to interact and make it happen because of my experience, but I didn't really share it. And they're looking up at me like, wow, I want to be like her. You know, she's on TV. She's a pro surfer. She's this model. And here I was so envious of them. I could barely be there in front of them. Like I really didn't want to be there. And I was really like upset all day long. I remember I had really bad anxiety. I felt jealous, which is not a normal feeling for me. I felt just awful. I just, I really was bitter. And my cameraman's like, we're almost done. And, and I said, Jeff, please, I really don't want to do softball. He's like, you have to. So I go out there. I'm like, hey, hi, this is Kelly Inouye, assistant coach. You're assistant coach at UCLA. That's great. Tell me about your program. So what are we looking for in the recruits today? She's like, well, we look at their speed. We look at the way they throw. We look at just kind of how they carry themselves. We have a standard here. And this is kind of how we gauge girls. I said, okay, there was other coaches out there. And um, I go run the bases. I throw the ball and everything. And as I'm leaving, she's like, excuse me, how old are you? And I was like, um, 20. She's like, so you have eligibility? And I said, yeah, I think I do. And then Jeff, you know, my camera is like, she does. And she said, would you ever want to go here? And I was like, excuse me. And I remember I got in the car. I was like, so emotional. I cried the whole way home. Jeff's like, this is real. The head coach calls Jeff, which she's not allowed to call me on the way home. She makes an appointment basically to come see me play at my little league field. Like it was just crazy how it all happened. And She's like, this is going to be a long shot. We've already given all our scholarships away, but if you want to come, we would love to have you. And so that's how I got to UCLA. It was the greatest thing I've ever done. It, it, it's meant so much to me. And, you know, it's, it's an emotional experience and, and situation because when you grow up the way I did, you just never think that's for you. You just automatically think that's out of my reach. I'm not worthy of that. I don't belong there. And I've always just strived to be one of the best pieces that came from there and try to represent the best I can and carry the highest standard. And it was just, it was meant to be obviously. And I remember going back to that little box of things. And I remember telling Kelly, you wrote to me and she's like, I can't but not believe this. And uh, yeah, I showed her the stationery and everything. And it just like, it was just one of those things. It was just, it was meant to be. And, and I'm so 
grateful for it to this day. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted wanted Deb to hear that story because Deb was a a softball player. And so I'm like, I feel like you need to hear that because it's it's so crazy. That's yeah. Yeah. What was your position? Center field. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How about you? I was a pitcher. I'm a short pitcher. I'm five foot five. So I had to really jump off of the mound without crow hopping to uh, get some speed. (laughs) Didn't play for UCLA. I just, I played junior college, but I loved it. Loved playing softball. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's so great. Yeah. And then I look, I'm looking at the Gabby Reese thing. What are you, what was it you were trying to look for in? Okay. Insider. What was the first, what was the first show she did? It was called like next something. It's driving me crazy. Okay. So she did insider training for fit TV. Um, uh, XBT, Look the experience for outside television. Um, nope. uh, she hosted NBC, NBC strong 2016 with her husband. This was back in 2000 or sorry, 1995 oh. or six. Yeah. This was, she, she, there was a name for the show. She, it was like her first show she ever did. This is Wikipedia, so I don't know how accurate it is. <laughs> yeah, just look up Gabby's first television. Gabby's Gabby Reese's first TV show. Okay. I'm, I, it's driving me crazy the name of it, but anyway, she's you know she was sponsored by Nike at the time. She was the model. She was a volleyball star yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, while Deb's doing that, let me ask you this. So, at what point? Yeah. At what point did you decide that you wanted to go into mental skills and mindset coaching? So I think. Uh, it, you know, a few years back, um, I have the most incredible mentors and they were like, you're working with these athletes and you're working with some celebrities. Like, do you do this as a business? And I said, no, I don't. And I, I was working with Demi Lovato teaching her jujitsu and oh, it was cool. more like mentoring and, and really working with her on some other things. And you realize you're not just there to teach jujitsu. Jujitsu is also one of those sports that you know, parallels life off the mats. Mm -hmm. And it's all about being comfortably uncomfortable and knowing your limits. And, you know, uh, the higher you get with your belt, it's not about the belt. Belts are just something that keep your pants on. Uh, For me, I'm speaking from personal, my own personal feelings about it, because there's people in the jujitsu community that let their belt define them. And they're actually not the best people in the world. So I, I felt like for me, it was about what I could give back, the more knowledge I had, what could I give back? It's not about flexing on people in life. It's about understanding, you know, being technical in life and understanding where your leverage is. So I, and, and, and really in a, in a fight, jujitsu is special because it's about technique and leverage beating strength. And we can't go around in life flexing on everybody to get what we want, you know? So I just, um, I I've used it for a very different thing. And my mentors were like, Hey, you know, you're really good with the mindset of things and also teaching personal protection, going in and, and having a, a group of women in front of you or anybody in front of you. Um, I was doing a lot of corporate things, talking about active shooters and all these things. And it really always, always went back to the mindset. You know, I've trained for 17 years plus, and I was attacked and assaulted about six years ago. November will be six years. I had teeth knocked out of my face. It, it felt like the biggest upset to me. And I felt like a fraud here. I was teaching about anti-bullying and I had one of the biggest bullies bothering me and harassing me and obviously eventually really physically hurting me. And I realized I have all these years of training and I got that hurt. I cannot go into rooms for an hour and a half and teach a self-defense class and not explain to them intuition and listening to it and obeying it and honing and owning it and not letting your ego override it. When you're a rational human being, we tend to say, oh, you know, he's not going to do that or she's not going to act like that. They have a kid, they have a business. They would never do that. That conversation is my own rational rationality as a good person saying, I would never do that because I have all these things and because I just wouldn't do it. But when we project our rationality onto an irrational person, it's that famous cliche and quote of, you can't reason with crazy. And I felt like that was an ego centric thing of me to always think I could control the inevitable situation of a nasty person and how they behave. And it really humbled me into realizing what I do control and what I don't. And it put me in an inevitably very bad situation. And so going around and speaking to people about that and looking them in the face and thinking they really have this false sense of security. They've been here in this room with me for an hour and a half. You show these women all these physical flashy moves and 
very fundamental ones, actually, that demonstrate their strengths and weaknesses. I mean, for me, I've been to a lot of self-defense classes, and, and it's scary to see what people are actually teaching people out there and what they're not saying and what they're not teaching and what they're not reiterating that just because you came here for an hour, you are not ready to be assaulted. I've literally had women sit down in front of me and I say, how many of you here have been to self-defense? Maybe two out of 30 will raise their hand. I'll say, hey, good for you. Show me one thing that you learned. I love to learn. Please come up and show me. I've in maybe five, 6,000 people I've stood in front of and done these seminars in front of. I've never had one be able to get up and show me a move she's learned. Hmm. So I started realizing early on, it's the mindset. It's if I have an hour and a half, I want to flip the switch on mindset. I want to be able to articulate and convey to them how important listening to their intuition is and not second guessing it. I want to reiterate situational awareness. I want to reiterate confidence. What does it mean? What makes them confident? You know, what are, I wanted to understand people's psychology behind either this very secure place or very insecure place. And so I was, I don't know, I just, it, it really pushed me to start really investigating mindset and, <clears throat> and what that was. So I talked to my mentors about it and they're like, I was using the same things from personal protection to help and guide and pace with these athletes. And it just started taking on. So my mental skills really pulls from the protection, from the athlete mindset, the protect, protection mindset, the nurturing mindset of being a mother and kind of, sorry, I'm like trying to clear my throat and, and, and all those things. So that's really how it came about. And I started getting some clients here and there. They started having career years. Um, I helped organize them. I helped them understand really the tools that they had. Every, but we all have them. We all know what our strengths and weaknesses are. Just people are not willing, especially athletes too. They haven't been given the permission to live in that vulnerable space to say, hey, I am these things or I'm not these things and I need to work on these things. So there's a lot of things that go into it, but that's really kind of where it stemmed from. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty incredible, especially when it, it's, yeah. it makes sense why you're so passionate about it. Cause even when we first hopped on this call, it was obvious that you're a passionate person. And I yeah. think, you know, when you hear the whole backstory about how you got into it, it makes a lot of sense because it's coming from a very personal place. And then you're trying to give that, you know, use your experience so that other people don't have to go through a similar thing, right. Or they're better prepared for it, which is really, really cool. Um, you said something interesting too, about, you know, as far as athletes and, and working with athletes, it seems like a lot of people talk about when it comes to mindset, and especially as you get to the higher levels, that's where the, the greats start separating themselves from the rest of the pack. Right. Because everybody, you know, you look at professional athletes, they can all, you know, run, run really fast or they're really strong, but then you get to another level. It's like, what separate We're always studying people like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, you know, all of these great athletes. And I feel like it always comes back to mindset. So like it, it's, it's such a cool thing that you're playing a role in an athlete's development of their mindset. Like that's gotta be such a cool feeling when you see them go out in the field and perform, right? It, it definitely is. It's extremely rewarding. I feel super humbled. I learn from them. I feel like just as much as they learn from me at, at all the levels, whether you're working with kids or high level, you know, prospective high school kids that are going in transitioning into that next phase of their life or really chasing their dream. Uh, you, you see it, you see their capability. And once you see, I can see physically that they actually are capable and they have the tools, then I'm even more uh, excited. And it's even more rewarding to be able to go in there and help them organize those in a way that helps them get there. Uh, it, there's a lot of talented people in this world. And I think that that 1% mindset and the alpha mindset, the athlete mindset, that overachieving mindset, it's very important that these people understand that the mental is, is that third component of performance and probably the most important three. I, for me, performance is made up of the three critical components, which are physiological. So, you know, people show up, Oh, well, look at the way they look. What an athlete, look at how he looks. Or, you know, let's speak about spring training. How's he looking? Did he show up in shape? Uh, you know, the number two is mechanical. How's his swing look? You know, it's the technical aspect, uh, how we do things. And then the third is mental. And the two first ones are overemphasized and that's what an athlete starts getting drawn to. And then they start playing to a result or an expectation, whether it's their own expectation or even a coach's and the greatest athletes, if they want to have consistency and they want to continue rising and growing, 
in their sport and not kind of top out, then they have to remove expectation altogether. You have to embrace it and then let it go and really develop what your standard is. And so I, I go in on, I'm very transformational where sports are very transactional, right? Sports are like, what do you produce, produce, produce? What do you do today? What did you do today? What's your result? Uh, execute right now or someone else will have your job. So there's an element of anxiety. There's an element of fear. There's an element of so many things that are toxic to performance, right? It, can, it contradicts performance. So when we're dealing with these obviouses, it's important to validate the athlete and how they feel, how they relate to these types of stresses and components of performance and, and the distractions of it. You hear a lot, oh, he's in his own way, but nobody ever defines what that is. Even mental coaches that have PhDs way beyond my education, but maybe not my experience. And I'm sitting there like, you, you talk a good game. Now break it down for me in the how-to. Show me. Because I remember having probably the best mental skills coach in the game. And there's times I'd be out in center field, boot a ball, or you're like, you make one mistake and you're, the game's on the line. We're at U of A in a game that sets us up for regionals. And you've got the crowd screaming down your neck. I'm in center. And it's like, I make a mistake. I read a line drive wrong or something. And now the next pitch that comes to me, there's a girl on second in scoring position. There's one out. And I'm sitting there going, please don't hit it to me. Like that's the worst mindset you could possibly be in. And Deb, I know, you know, the feeling it's like you have three balls, you throw three balls and, and your next natural mindset would be to go to, I can't walk. I got to try not to walk her. That's technically not an actionable thought, but that thought is what's talking to the body and the body's going to react off of the thought that she just feeds to the body. And sure as sure as you know what the ball's coming to you or she's throwing ball four, and it's just, it's relentless sports are psychologically abusive. <laughs> that is the truth. They are, they are like walking around and having a constant abuser on your shoulder. And then you're abusing yourself on the next shoulder. I've called myself every name in the book. I beat myself down more than anyone else ever could. So truthfully, if I can get down and dirty and I can define, define these things and find out how they define them now and only now, can I begin to organize things for them? Because I can go speak to any group of per people and I can project my own confidences on them and my own life experiences, my own wisdom, and they can lean into that and that can make them feel good. But the internal motivator, I have to understand what you're saying. When people are like, come on, let's go be aggressive. Hey, let's go look for strikes. That right there, you've already lost at the plate. Why? The verb in that sense was look. So you guys coming back to the, the bench to sit down after strike three and you can't get mad at them. You told them to go look for strikes. And his brain told the body, we're looking. You don't need to be ready to react. Why was I late on every pitch? Why? Because I was looking. I was in look mode. The bot neuroscience, it's physically impossible if you're looking for a curve to then be able to hit a fastball. So it's really using neuroscience. It's using basic simple, simplifying. Like, what do you mean by that? Because I can tell you what makes me confident. But Deb, if we had a conversation and I listened to what made you confident, what stressed you out, it's probably going to be different than me probably different than mind confidences and stresses. So how is it going to be long lasting or everlasting or problematic or solution problematic, fixing the solution, finding the solutions for the problems that you have. If I'm just all the day projecting, or I'm pulling Michael Jordan quotes, Hey, fall down seven, get up eight. Let's do this. Like, it, I'm sorry. It's not, those are not um, things that are going to fix and help you transform in the athlete you need to be to get to that next level or to be consistent enough to keep your job. Progress matters. Progress makes us happy. Results get us paid at the professional level. Progress is a big component. Better people make better athletes, right? If I'm upset every day or I have internal things going on at home, that is a distraction to my performance, no matter what the coach says. Mm -hmm. That's it. And, and so a lot of people get set up on the wrong foot. They're unorganized. They have the talent. They don't have the tools to organize the talent into how it needs to go to be great, to be consistent. Sports, they don't care about efficiency. When I hit it, I'm so good. That's great. You've done it once in 20 at bats. That's not going to cut it for my team. You know, or you've made one basket in 50 attempts. Yeah, the basket was really great. My grandma can make a basket in 50 attempts. Like, show me consistency. Sports love and they pay very well for consistency. They do not give to you know what's about efficiency. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So like, so everything that you did, you kind of answered my, my next question I was going to ask. Um, but I just maybe in a different way. Um, so in terms of being a mindset coach, like what, I, I don't know, like, give me a scenario. Like if an athlete is to have a conversation with you 
and trying to work through something like, do you, um, do you give them those tools that you kind of just explained right now? Just like, do you help them change their psychological like dialogue? Like, how does that work? I use actionable tools. So we'll have a conversation. I'll listen. I'm connected to that person. I'm listening to them. I know their language. They speak. I know what stresses them out. I know what makes them confident. I know their highs and their lows. I know them. Now they come to me with something and I let it land. I think about as best I can myself in that situation, but I really look at the result that they want. And then we set an intention and we follow it with an action. Science says when a human being sets an intention that's specific and they align it with an action that's specific to that attention, human beings are capable of extraordinary things. When I hear that science-based, not someone's opinion, I know that that's possible. Now I revolve everything around intention plus action equals results. And that is my formula. So I bring everything back to that along with my two goals, progress. Are you happy? Are you okay? I do care how you feel and what you think. And at number two, uh, the results. I know that you need those results, but I can't have you playing to those. Now that we've dumped them on me, I'm going to give you the roadmap. I'm going to tell you how to tonight. I'm going to redirect your brain wherever it needs to go to capture those results. And I've also asked them, listen, I know nobody likes to fail, but you cannot be afraid of it. Failure lives out there, especially in the game we play, Deb. It's like, there's no other job on earth that's going to keep you hired when you're failing seven out of 10 times. In <laughs> baseball, you're a hero, but there's not another place in the world you can go work and be like, yeah, sorry again, sorry again. And they're going to be like, how sad. <laughs> Right? You're not working here anymore. <laughs> so yeah. I try to tell them like, guys, you're already a leg up in the real world because you can fail seven out of 10 times and still be a badass. So <laughs> let's just like take that in. But it's creating the perspective, but it's also at the end of the conversation, they know now, like we're very clear, what's your job? I've asked pitchers, what's your job? And they're like, throw strikes. I'm like, negative. What's your job? Uh, win the game, negative. Mix them out. I'm all, okay. So if somebody hits a ball to shortstop and they execute the play, did you technically make the out? Well, no. So that's not your job. These are all results of your job. So it just shows you athletes. A lot of the time when I ask them what their job is, I already know when they, by their answer, what's going on. I hear the noise and I hear the wrong answers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you made it this far. So then we redirect. And as soon as they know their job, you see this element of relaxation come over them. They're like, oh, Oh my gosh. And they honestly cannot wait to go do it. So now I've taken fear-based Johnny and made him excited to go do his job tonight. And now he's not only excited, he's confident because he now he knows his job. He just need to be reminded or told exactly simpli simplifying what his job is. Now it becomes about making decisions, how he's going to do his job. Once you get the brain on the process and, and you get it to fall in love with the process, it's like everything's downhill from there. Now you start seeing steep improvement curves cumulatively per the athlete that is working off of this, you know, organized blueprint. It, it, I call it a greatness equation because it really is. And now they're growing. They're excited. They, they can't wait for next season instead of dreading next season because they're scared and they're anxious and they're hoping to do well. That's not, that's not a fun way to play sports. Nobody has fun like that. And stressing like that ages us. It does a lot of things to your life and to your body that just are negative. And when you look at sports as a whole, why is there an 87% divorce rate? There's a lot of reasons for that. And um, I just actually am launching a platform called ballerslife.com. My site just went live. You guys can check it out. It's actually oh, cool. cool. And um, it's for significant others of pro athletes, because I think the women need tools too. And I was one of those significant others for 15 years. And obviously I'm a single parent now and uh, my, you know, professional sports chewed up and spit out my family, like it was no big deal. So there's, there's a lot of different components um, here of mindset and mindset as it pertains to performance, mm -hmm. the breath breathing has a lot to do with it. I got my breathing certification through Bre breathology. One of my dear friends, Stieg Severinsen, he's a world record breath holder. You know, I just, I take in, I'm, I've been extremely blessed having been involved in all these different sporting worlds with, you know, through television, through being an athlete myself in competition and just being out there and living my life that now I have this tremendous pool of amazing people to pull knowledge from. I don't have all the answers. My athletes trust me because they know I'll say, I don't know. That's probably the most powerful answer you can give someone because why you're demonstrating respect, honesty, and you're truly supporting them when you say, I don't know, 
and I'll, but I'll, I'll call you back with something and I'm, I'm able to call absolute, you know, 1% badasses and, and just paint a picture for them and get their feedback. Usually I can take whatever they say and articulate it back into how that pertains to someone's sport. So I'm just, yes, I'm passionate about it. Yes. I, I, you know, sports help save my life, I think. And inspired and motivated me. And if I could go back knowing what I know now, I can't imagine what I could do in sports, but I know I can go now and share what I have and give it to these people. And and it's truly rewarding to watch them not only just come back and want more, but rise up in their sport and have, you know, life-changing contracts um, to meet an athlete and, you know, have them come to me in tears and afraid and now just be standing on top of the world is really amazing. And to share that journey is I'm humbled by it. I really am. I learned so much. Wow. Yeah. I wish I would have had you in high school. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Me too. (laughs) As a pitcher. I'm not trying to say like every, every, I'm just saying pitching is psychologically. It's like one of the, (laughs) one of the hardest things. So anyway, I would have loved to have that type of mindset to go into. So I appreciate that. I would have loved to have had it at UCLA. Believe me, that wasn't over my head. I was a baseball player trying to play softball. I believe me. I was like, what's a rise ball? What the hell is that? (laughs) That's absolute BS. Does she want to fight me? (laughs) That was my specialty pitch. That's amazing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, does she want to fight me right now? What the hell is she she, like want to fight me? Cause that's what we'll do. She throws that at me again. Like really? (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome hey let me ask you this uh because obviously yeah. like you mentioned it you're you're passionate you're definitely intense about this subject matter which is awesome we I love am. it here <laughs> uh, a little bit yeah. i don't know if you're as passionate about what you do you know compared to what your Irwin impression like that was that was a lot of passion that came out for that impression but <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah. so what is like i just have to ask like what is there like a tug of war between the mindset coach and the mom when you're watching your kids play like is that a weird place to be for you if you could see her place right or her face right now it seems like there's something here so what, like, what is that like for you like wrestling with those two things because i imagine it would be challenging sometimes you know um i will say this i i've been a coach i've coached them all their lives and they only have me so i try to be mom they're going to have 100 coaches in their life and i try to be mom I never want to look back or have them look back and not feel like they can come talk to me and, and share with me and, and me be their mom. I want, when they get hurt, they want to call me. I want when they need something, they call me. I want when they want to be loved and snuggled and cuddled, they want to come over and sit next to me because they're not worried that I'm going to start talking about their sport or egg, you know, being that helicopter mom on their sport. I don't control those things. I can facilitate anything and support them and everything and anything their little hearts ever want to do. And I've deliberately stayed back. I coach because they asked me to, um, not because I was that mom. Like, oh, I'm going to coach. I'm the parent. I'm the one sitting in deep right field during their games. I run up and I video and then I get away. Um, I'm very quiet um, until they ask me. My uh, oldest son is actually committed and going to UCLA on a scholarship. He's also in the draft class. So that's, That's that's been, yeah, thank you. That's been interesting. And, you know, people are like, oh, is he going there because of you? I'm like, you know, he's not. And it, it was really amazing to me. It was, you know, an emotional thing watching how soon and quickly, like he had nine full rides on the table um, from different schools. His grades, his grades were tremendous. I mean, the kid, like I didn't have grades like that. I don't, you know, it's amazing how, how dedicated he is to his grades and, and his reaction to his own adversity within our own family. I'm very proud of him for what he's, how he's chosen to react. And so for even more so, I've stayed back and, and watching him choose UCLA. It was cute because I remember the coach, the first phone call, he's like, you know, how would you like to be a Bruin? And he goes, well, you know, I'm a Bruin no matter what, because my mom is and my mom was a Bruin. So I've been raised that way. So even if I go to this college or that college, I'm still going to be a Bruin. And the guy's like, wow, really? Yeah. And, you know, I didn't make phone calls. I wasn't like, hey, everybody, you know, I, I want my son to be a Bruin. He's, he's on, you know, he's on the market now. I never made a call. I never said anything. So they found him and I stayed out of it and him choosing UCLA. Of course, that is amazing only because I know the experience he'll have there. If he even makes it there and doesn't go get, you know, get drafted. I think he really wants to go there. Um, He's excited. And I know the experience he's going to have. I know he's in good hands. You know, you have coach Savage over there who's um, tremendous coach. Amazing. He's done amazing things for the organization 
And being at UCLA before, all of us were wondering like, hey, when are these boys actually going to win a national championship? Yeah. You know, and it, it, it took way after I graduated for it to see that happen. And Savage yeah. is, you know, a big, big piece and a big player in that. And so I'm happy that he's going to be in good hands and with people that can develop him. But, you know, my youngest one's getting ready to start high school and he plays baseball, football, basketball. They're, they're both really great athletes. They surf. They know how to protect themselves. I've tried to raise gentlemen that know how to treat a woman and really inevitably they know how to respect themselves and they understand their worth and how important that is. And, and so for me, it's just being a mom is, is something that I really try to stay in my lane with. I recently had my oldest be like, mom, I need your help with something. And I said, okay, so how do you want to go about that? You know? And he's like, I said, so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to meet you for coffee. And mom's not going to sit at the table. Mental coach is, and I don't want you to be defensive. I want you to hear me as if like, I'm someone else that you definitely wouldn't argue with or throw a tantrum with at the table. If I said something you don't want to hear, he's like, okay, I can commit to that. So, you know, I've got, he hears me too. The best thing is, is I have some pretty high profile clients that he looks up to and actually compares himself to. So when he hears me talking to them and some of their things, he's always like, what did you say to him? Like, remember when you said this? Can you elaborate on that? So that helps too. Um, and, you know, I, I just try to stay in my lane as mother and, and mom. I don't like mother. What, where did that come from? Um, I just try to be mom. <laughs> hey, I'm <laughs> I just with try you. To be mom. I, don't, I don't like to refer to my mom as mother either. It sounds weird. Exactly. To me. I I'm said so mother said and that. I immediately saw myself with gray hair. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to, can we erase that? So I'm mom. Yeah. I'm mom. And and that's, that's the first place and the only place I really love to stay. Can I help them? Can I, do I have the ability to? Yeah. But it's, it's gotta be when they come to me and ask me, I'm happy to be there, but you're never going to see me like, Hey, come here talking about my kid all day. I'm very proud of them, but it, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think because of me and even their dad was a professional athlete. I think it, it's even more so I've been gentle on that whole thing. They've got to find their way. This is their journey. I don't need to live vicariously through my kids and be pushing them and forcing them into D one colleges and expecting scholarships. These parents are insane. And I'll tell you something, 0.52% of kids actually get a full ride scholarship. My kid's not even on a full ride, by the way. So did he have full rides to other schools? Yes, he did, but he's not on a full ride, you know, and they they were very generous, but I'm still picking up the rest of his college. So 1% of kids even get considered for a D1 college. So parents are insane when they're constantly forcing their kids in there. And secondly, if you didn't go there yourself, hey, try checking the academics. They're difficult. I don't want my kid coming to me and hating me later. I hate it here. You made me go here. And now you're in a battle and your kid resents you. That's a big deal in their life. That's a big transition for them to leave this college, to go to that one or to be demoted. Now they forever like have that on them. And it's like some kids, JCs are amazing. And, mm-hmm. and the college, the college competition now, I'm going to tell you now, JCs are going to be more competitive than we've ever seen them be because of the fifth year allowed back at the D1s. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast, truthfully, but it's the competition in sports these days is incredible. And parents need to step the F back, you know, and that's another thing. I just shake my head because let your kid find their journey. Let's make sure they actually love what they do. And they're not just doing it for you. You know, that's an interesting question. Cause it just opens up a whole nother rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's well, that's, that's cool. super important coming from you too, because yeah. a couple of times throughout this podcast, you've said like, I wish it when, when I was younger, I wish I would have known this, or I wish I would have had this mindset or I wish I could hundred percent. So it would have been super oh easy for you to slip into that, that mindset, right. Where you're like, okay, everything I, I would like to have had for myself, I'm going to throw it all at my kids. No, you can't. You know I'm saying, and that could have been I'd easy, but you recognize that. Yeah, yeah. I would fail as a mom, and you know, I, my kids trust me. They feel at peace. They feel secure. They feel loved. Those are the things I ask them. They answer yes to that. I'm winning, and and anything else is extra. If your kids are healthy and they're happy, and in times like it is now, you know, there's more adolescent suicide than we've ever seen ever, and that to me, like parents should put their heads up and listen up, and and not back down, but just stop for a second. Be situationally aware. Take a look. Ask your kid, are you happy? Are you good? Like, do you come here? Let me hug you. Like, forget it. Stop with the pressure and everything else. Life is going to give them enough of that. Teach them how to handle the pressure. Teach them how to react to it. Teach them by example, you know? And so I'm, you know, I try to just be locked in as mom. I'm trying to figure out 
every day what that is. And they, they're my best teachers. They're the greatest teachers I've ever had. And like I said, I, I just, I stay in mom lane. I don't know everything. And the more I know, as soon as I got a black belt, I realized the more I know, the more I don't know S H I T. So there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Um, yeah, I appreciate your parent comment as a as a as a high school teacher and an assistant athletic director and an ex softball coach. I appreciate oh, gosh. that comment. <laughs> then yeah, I'm really speaking to you. I feel your pain. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know, it's just yeah. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. That yeah, Deb will go there. Just have me back for that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Oh, we'll, I just we'll, did we'll a- definitely do that. <laughs> I don't know if you, yeah. I don't know if you know what you just did, but w- when people say that we definitely take them up on that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll yep. Perfect. Nah. Let's get it in middle of the season podcast, <laughs> coaches yeah. and parents. We got something to say to you. Yeah. We, should do a, we should do a middle of the game podcast, like middle of a Fun. high school sports game. That'd be fantastic. We yeah. Can comment on all the it. sports or all the parents that are there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Please let me add them. Yeah. Great. Uh, I might get fired, but it's okay. I think it'll be worth it. Well, not not your school. We'll do it at a different school that we're not as, yeah, we'll as pick, well known at. Yeah, you know what I mean. We'll pick a school and we'll wear masks. Yeah, <laughs> they won't recognize it. Yeah, um, you're going right after your school. We would not go anywhere near your school. <laughs> um, you know what? I think the drama would be interesting. So yeah, you're right. She wants it. Deb yeah. wants it. She's begging for it. I know. Hey, yeah. I'm I'm fine with it as a podcast host and, and not associated with the school. I'm, I think it's a fantastic idea. He's like, but. I'm down. Absolutely. <laughs> um, really quick, Danielle, was the Gabby Reese thing, was it called the extremists? Yeah, the extremists. The extremists. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. it. She did the extremists. So she went around and interviewed extreme athletes and she tried actually the sport, which is great. So I had a show very similar um, to the extremists. So yeah, thank you so much because that was driving me crazy. <laughs> You're welcome. I could tell. I was like, <laughs> no. I need to find it for her. I'm the like, extremists. yeah, no, yeah. Oh, good. Um, can you, okay. Danielle, can you tell our listeners and us about, um, your just, you know, true boundaries, true mindset and all of that and what's going on with that and just how that works. Yeah. So trueboundaries.com is my personal protection, my, my, you know, that kind of stuff and doing seminars of anti-bullying. I have true boundaries, charitable foundation, which is a foundation also, 501c3 that I started to kind of support kids who have been in assault or are at home and being abused or whatever. And I get them scholarships to a martial arts school and take care of all their gear and everything for a year and get them able to protect themselves and kind of learn, uh, have that backup. You know, they go to a dojo where they have people and support there and, and they're learning how to protect themselves. So that foundation um, means a lot to me. I do that for women as well. And anybody who's been in those types of situations or is contemplating, you know, suicide at that age. And so trueboundaries.com is my background in personal protection and seminars. And then uh, True Mindsets is my mental skills um, website that I just put up um, a couple months ago. And it's really not for athletes to go look at. They can definitely go look at it, but that's not how I usually get my clients. It's more for agents and people that are interested or schools or colleges that are interested in having me work with their athletes or their teams or high schools. So it's, it's, um, I just put that website up, it has some testimonials of coaches and some former players and current players and people that I've worked with. So I'm, I'm, I was really proud of that because I'm not a tech person at all, but I got to work with this really great, uh, web builder and it was amazing kind of talking to him. I was, you know, the mental skills thing is something I work really confidential with. And it it was something where I wasn't putting myself out there. I wasn't really wanting to talk a lot about it because I was trying to keep the confidence of my athletes and really just be quiet about it. And, you know, one thing leads to the next. I was like, do you have a website? Do you have a website? I was like, no. And so people start kind of like looking at you like you're not legitimate. And at first I really didn't care. I was like, I really don't care what they think. I don't have a website. But then as I, and I didn't know how to like kind of cap bring it all together. And I worked with this really great web person. So that's something I'm proud of because it was all the content was written and without kind of giving away your secret sauce, you have your philosophy in there. And it was, I just love the way it turned out. So go enjoy it. I didn't build it. It's not my way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was just, I'm just proud to say that because my web builder just did such a fantastic job and I just launched it. And I was like, wow, like everything I said, 
he kind of brought to life and just in the visuals and used the pictures that I love that meant something to me. It just, it, it kind of had to go along with how I like to do things. It wasn't this, you know, superficial thing. There's a lot of depth in that site and hopefully people that read it really appreciate um, you know what this is about. This is not turn to page 36. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about anxiety. Here's my PhD. I'm this, I'm that, you know, I'm just, I'm just an athlete who's just as crazy as the next athlete and trying to share my experiences and hopefully my falls create people to fall down less, but I do realize adversity breeds strength. And so I wish it on everybody at the same time, you know, people aren't equipped to always be as resilient as, you know, I think a lot of us were way back then. People are being bred to be softer and this whole entitlement and PC thing. And, you know, that's a whole nother podcast. I just, like you said, you said something that resonated with me at the very beginning of this podcast. You said, there's no participation medals. And I said, we are on the same page. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Uh, yeah. 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 No, we're, we're definitely about that at the, at the combine for sure. Just because we realize it's, especially when you're talking about character, it's not going to, that type of thing is not going to, I, I think, help your character. It doesn't build your you. character. Right. It's not going to strengthen you. It's going to, you know, like you said, it creates a lot of, it's, it's another, again, a whole, we have like a whole series of podcasts coming up with you. It seems like we have all these topics, It disables you. Know you. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it disables, it disables them. You know, they're yeah. already socially disabled with the cell phones and then you add COVID socially sure. distance. Everything's a distant, a disabled. These are disablers and people, there's a lot of people in this world who don't see it that way. And I don't see it their way. So great. I've, I've tried to sit there and ask them questions so I can learn, but the defense, when you ask those questions, you're just never going to get an answer because there isn't one for that. I'm very old school. I'm traditional. And, um, you know, I wrote a book called true from the inside out. It's on Amazon and, um, it talks a lot about kind of my background and maybe gives you some answers why I am the way I am, but I am an open book. Anyways, I I'm happy to share. I, you know, I don't have a lot of regrets in my life and, um, the ones I do have, it's not listening to my intuition and how could I have known until I knew and the adversity is what showed me. It's been my greatest teacher. And, you know, there's things that I know people are going to have to go through. I can meet people and know, Hey, wow, they get it. That's amazing. From whatever reason they get it, they get it. And there's people I know they need to be dropped on their head. And then they'll get it, <laughs> like, you know, life and life will do that. The universe yeah. will do that. I don't care who you are. You know, just like I say in my personal protection seminars, violence doesn't discriminate. Well, neither does adversity. And it's been my greatest teacher. And yeah, I wish I could say I had the best upbringing and the most amazing parents. They did the best they could do. They, they had capabilities that were different than mine as a parent. And that's fine. I forgive everything. But, you know, I don't regret where I'm at or how I got here. And I, I don't have the fancy PhD, but I, I will keep it real. And if I don't know, like I said, I'll say, I don't know. Yeah. So yep. yeah. that's, I think that's super important. Like you said, it, it just breeds a, a culture of honesty when you just say, when you're willing to say, I don't know, I think that's huge. That's um, it. It's a huge say, yeah. I don't know you, then you have the opportunity to actually find out what that is and learn something. People that try to act like they know everything, you know, and, and God bless them because they feel like they need, they, they need to know everything because the environment they're in isn't trusted, safe or supported one. And you yeah. see that so much, Deb, I know, you know, that as a coach, so many yeah. kids probably come to you and they have this defense or, you know, they don't ask the questions. And the first thing I tell kids, Hey, this is, this is the space to be those ways in and you're good to go with me. And you start seeing these kids grow right before your eyes and not just grow their, their confidence grows. And, it, and you know, when I was teaching lit- or coaching little league, one of my main goals was, I just want, I'm going to gauge these kids confidence and I want to see them come in with what they have. And I want to see them leave. With a, if they love the game, I hope they love the game more. But if they don't ever want to play this game again, it has nothing to do with the game, but they have more confidence as a little person. Better people yeah. make better athletes. That's it. Yeah. That matters to me. Love it. Yeah. yeah. That's why we do what we do is because we believe in that exact thing. That you yeah. Said, winning isn't athletes. everything. Yeah. Winning is a result of more. something else. And if you go find out what that something else is and you tap into that, you're going to be amazed. And even as a coach, it's the most rewarding space to tap into because you actually learn too. We don't know everything. You know, Deb's a coach. She's out there sharing her own experiences and learning every step of the way too. And people forget that. They forget yeah. that. They don't give you the grace that you deserve. Right. And, yeah. and it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's a, I'm going to, I'm going to ask her the character question. Oh, yeah. before you, before you do that, I want to ask one more, oh. one question before you do, yeah, we have, two, we have two more questions for you and then uh, we want to be respectful of your time. So sorry, Deb, before you do that, because we, <laughs> oh, like, no. we do like to end yeah. on that one. Um, 
I don't know if you're a big reader. I, I'm guessing you are, or at least yeah. a big podcast person. Uh, for any coaches or athletes who are listening, are there any books that you would recommend or podcast? Feel free to say Character Combine. That's fine. But other podcasts than ours, <laughs> um, <Yes>. books <laughs> like that. <laughs> what would you recommend to our, our coaches and athletes? If you haven't read Legacy, uh, read oh. Legacy. It's a book uh, about the All Blacks, the rugby team, and it is oh. beyond tremendous book. I also like uh, Chop Wood, Carry Water. Okay. Okay, but Legacy is probably not my number one favorite book, and you're not going to want to put it down. It's that book that like I'll go pick up, and I just open a page, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I was supposed to read that today. Yeah, and they're based. Are they based out of New Zealand? Yes, they are. They, they are. Okay, I'm not a big rugby guy, but I have heard of the team. And, I wasn't uh, either, and I wasn't a big rugby guy either. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I actually was the mental skills coach last year for the San Diego Legion professional MLR rugby team. And one of the, yeah, it was tremendous experience. And one of the players from the all blacks, actually one of the the best number 12 ever, and they do positions is the number. So they don't like, Oh, Hey, what number do you want to be on your Jersey? It's not like that. A position has a number. So he's one of the best number 12s. His name's um, Nanu Ma'a. And he, he is one of the most humble athletes I've been around and for how badass these guys are. And so you'll, you'll really go, oh my gosh. And you'll want to know more about the rugby culture. When you read this book, it's so incredibly, it's moving. It's, it's inspiring. It's motivating. You feel it when you read it. And if you're an athlete, you're just going to want to eat it up. And a lot of pro athletes that I've given this book to, there's, they just fall in love, number one, with rugby. They're like, these guys are absolutely so badass. I started following the All Blacks yeah. and this and that. And it just, their whole philosophy is very old school, traditional. It's, it's to the bone. It's, it's unbelievable. So I love that book. I opened the book and I'm just amazed. I'm just like, oh yeah, that's awesome. I was supposed to read that today. You know, aside of reading the whole book, you're going to find that if you highlight stuff in a book, you just dip it in the highlighter because the whole thing is that worthy. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Coaches, you guys have some, uh, some reading to do for sure. Okay, Deb. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I went and I brought it up earlier just cause we were kind of talking about, we were kind of already talking about character. So I was going to roll off that, but just going back to that. So obviously this is the character combine podcast. Um, we always like to ask our guests, what does character mean to you and why it is, why is it important? Um, I mean, for everyone, but especially when, um, you know, student athletes are learning things and they're learning about character. Like, why is that important? It's so important. Character is a reflection of how we're feeling and who we are on the inside. So on a good day, it's easy to be nice and great and good on a good day. Who are you? on the days that aren't so hot. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's when character is judged. How do you treat people? How do you talk to people? How do you even treat yourself on the, on your down days? To me, that is the kind of the revelation of your character. That's when character is revealed. Character is that mirror image um, on the outside towards people, how they receive us, how we leave them feeling um, as it pertains to the inside. So I'll tell somebody, Hey, uh, this, they might say this person really hurt my feelings or they did this or they did that. And I said, well, did you do anything to warrant that? No. Okay. So that, that behavior reflects them. That's their character. That's who they chose to be. And and you can choose how you're going to react to that and then take the high road. So that's kind of like a scenario, maybe answering outside of your question, but it really is. How do you leave people feeling at the end of the day, that's how they're going to speak about you and, and your character and how you treated them is really mirroring what's going on on the inside. So to me, it's, it's everything. It's, it's everything. What do you, it's not, you can, because a lot of people will answer me back and go, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm like, well, you should care what you think. And your character is a mirror image of what's going on on the inside and how you think of yourself. So if you've got some bones to pick with yourself, then you need to go fix those things, inevitably straighten up your character. Yeah. Perfect. That's a great, yeah. that's a great way to end this thing for sure. Yeah. It's like a mic drop. It was a mic. There's been a couple, there's <laughs> I been just a couple dropped, mic drops. Yeah. I was going to drop the phone, but you guys will lost me. So yeah, we don't, no, please don't drop the phone. No. <laughs> uh, Danielle, uh, where can, where can the people follow you? Websites, uh, social media, all of those things. They can follow me on social media at official Danielle Martin or at true boundaries. And I also have at true mindset. 
true with the underscore mindset. And um, they can find me at truemindsets.com. Perfect. Sounds good. And my cell phone is, no, I'm just kidding. Hey, hey, <laughs> no, you, you sound, know what? You sound you like just, me. I was going to say, Deb's I know I am that nice. And, yeah. yeah, I've done that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I feel bad for the kids guys. Here you go. And people are like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I have to, I have to. That's okay. But you know, though, Deb, uh, I don't know what your background is in martial arts, but we know Danielle <laughs> is a black belt. So it's a little bit, see, there we go. You shouldn't be giving out your information. Deb. Oh, I box. Does Danielle. that count? I take boxing. She boxes. Does, she does, does kickboxing. Yeah. You're yeah. a badass. That does count. That does count. I'm sorry, it does. There you go. Well, then, Deb, go ahead and give out your number. Let's see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) Come at me. Yeah. Yeah, come at me. You want to fight me? Come at me. Get a bumper sticker. Deb, I think you need like a painting on the side of your car that says, come at me. I would love that. Come at me and just give people looks, like (laughs) nod at them. Yeah, that's right. It does say that. Come at me. what is this five foot five redhead looking at? Yeah. Looking I'm at? just like, going to start talking in an Aussie accent. That's exactly like the same thing as having a martial art in the US. Like, hey, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, what's it? How's it going? They're going to be like, you're a badass. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Give me a beer. Give me some shrimp on the bobby. Like everything. I'm going to throw all those out. Yes. I'm going to start using it. I think yeah. you should for sure. I Next podcast, it. we're going to do you like an Aussie. You're going to be like, Danielle, oh, hello. Yeah. I was talking yes. like an American before. <laughs> yes. That's what we're going to do on That's our amazing. next podcast when we talk about, I know. When we talk about the parents and just all that stuff. We're going to do it That's in an right. Aussie I know. accent. I love it. I'm going to talk yeah. in an Aussie accent. Let's do this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Well, this has been so much fun. And we thank Super you so fun. much for coming on. For sure. Having fun with us and just talking with us. Yeah, yeah we're gonna, we're gonna follow us. You guys can follow us on uh, uh blah, 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 blah. Oh, let me no. start over. Oh, no. You guys can don't <laughs> cut on. that out. Don't yeah, you no, leave no. that in there. No, I definitely okay. Okay. Yeah, nothing to worry about. I'm gonna leave it in there. Oh yeah. It's all good. <laughs> we're raw on here. Um come at me. Yeah, um, you guys can follow us on Instagram go. at character combine on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter at sports character, and we have a YouTube channel, and that's it. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Danielle, yeah. thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. And I, I mean, we never yeah. do this, but could you, uh, could you sign us, sign us out as your uh, Australian self? <laughs> yeah. Follow us at character combine. This is Danielle Martin signing out. Peace out. Peace. Perfect. <laughs> Peace. Come at me. Come at me. <laughs>